Good evening, everybody. It's great to see, great to see all of you. It's I know that we are in for a very special treat. Uh, our speaker was already introduced tonight, but Corey Frazier is a, an activist, community speaker, he's an author. Of course, he's joined by his lovely wife and family. Um, and, I, and I know we're really going to open up our hearts and minds this time because his story is truly remarkable. Um, 
we were all dependent on General Motors. And when General Motors left, the city just became a dilapidated city. And of course, <coughs> certain things happened in the community. One of them is myself. Well, first I'll say, you know, once again, my family, meet the Frasers. You got my daughter, uh, Promise, right there. My son, which is the oldest boy, Tom, of course, my wife. But we're the Frasers. But life hasn't always been like this for us, especially for me. June 26 of 1995, I was charged and I was arrested on two counts of open murder, two counts of felony firearm, and one count of armed robbery. To give you a, a very brief story, what happened was a friend of mine asked me to go somewhere with him. I didn't know what he had in mind. He robbed and killed two people. And in Genesee County, he said I was just as guilty because I was present. Once again, I was found guilty. That, that picture that you see right there is me of the verdict. They found me guilty, and I had a very big emotional reaction to the verdict. Uh, in March of that following year, they sentenced me, once again, to two life without parole sentences, two years each for the felony uh, firearm charge, and also a life sentence for armed robbery. It took me over 17 years to regain my freedom. I mean, a very long time. I went, before I went to prison, didn't have a life at all, other than when we fell from the streets, because I ended up on the streets when General Motors left. But while I was there, my mother passed, my father passed, my grandfather passed, my stepfather passed, and I was pushed back inside after really proving my innocence. And what I wanted to do was, I wanted to come back out here in this world and to tell this story, hoping that I can grab attention to people that don't know this lifestyle and also those that's going to go through it because just to call a spade a spade, in the urban community, my story won't be the only one told. It won't be until it's gonna have a lot more kids going through this same system. And it is my hope and prayer that I can grab at least one to prevent them from what I'm going through. And from this life, I will say this here, is that I found my purpose and my passion. Like I hate that I have to go through that. I hate that I have to uh, prove my innocence and it took me a very long time and I lost a lot. However, that experience put me in a position today to where I can go into the jails and community centers and speak. I can go into these detention centers and speak and connect with young people that look like me and identify with me, but tell them, hold on, I don't know what road you think you're about to go down, but it's about to be terrible. And one thing that I always try to exercise, especially when I go into these places, is that most of these kids that I talk to, they haven't been to prison yet. And what I don't do is sugarcoat. No, you might be the kid to get raped. You might be the one extorted. You might be the one that did a dying from a natural cause. Is this the life that you want to live? And this is my reoccurring message to people, and in, 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 especially in my, in my community. You know, I mean, I, I would love to have been raised. I can have where Alberta is a beautiful time one day. I will buy a house right here, so get ready. I'm gonna be our neighbor somewhere, okay? But I got a little work to do because in my community, it is what it is. And I call a spade a spade once again. It's progressive policies that I try to fight against every day. Progressivism is killing the black community. But there's hope there. There's really hope there. I know a lot of people see news and hear about these stories, but I know a lady by the name of Miss Roselle who's been in the community for 50 years. Nothing happens to her. Raised good children and stuff like that. Um, uh, Uncle Marcus is another guy that I know. 
these stories are never get told because what the media does is highlight certain things about community. But there's a it's a beautiful community, and it's once again it's my job as you can see right here on this on this slide here. I was released from prison in 2012. I'm a small business owner. Middle Pass Media LLC is a company that I'm developing. My whole purpose with that company is to give people in prison a voice through podcasting and blogging. I mean vlogging, excuse me, and also blogging. But I just want to give them a voice because I know a guy right now who's been in prison for over almost 40 years. He got locked up when he was 16. He's not coming home at all. He has this hope and prayer that he will, but he's in the same situation like me, lost everybody, even if they were to let him out of prison, more than likely he probably reoffend because he has nothing. And what most prison systems do is they just put you back out the streets. I know a lot of people think that, what's the word that they like to use? Um, rehabilitate. And I always question, how can somebody be rehabilitated if they've never been habilitated first? When you put that RE on, it's a prefix to the word habilitate, meaning you're going through it again. But most people that go to prison, they've never been rehabilitated. I can speak for myself. I came up in a community where gang banging was prominent. I ended up joining the gang at the age of 12 years old. I was with this gang all the way until I went to prison. I had been shot. I got shot at the age of 16 in both of my legs and in my left hand. Um, I had been stabbed before and also did a lot of crazy stuff myself in the community. But this is what we're taught to do because, once again, I ain't a lot of progressive policies. You know, progressive policies will tear our community together. We all, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar, but y'all remember the 1995 crime bill? Signed into law that led to mass incarceration. And in Michigan at that time, Michigan, because General Motors was leaving, they were going from a, in a car industrial complex state to where they changed it to a prison industrialized state. At one point in time, Michigan had 52 prisons, the most in any state compared to California, Texas, and all that. Why do we need all, all these prisons? Because, once again, the 1995 crime bill came into play, and General Motors leaving, and Michigan saw a way to make some money. So, I'll, I'll put it to you like this, okay? I'm here today because, just like, I'm pretty sure like the Alpharetta uh, Rotary Club, there's always a call to action with these kind of places. Do I make correct? What I want to call to action for, and I'm going to bring my friend up here, Antonia, is that uh, we're going to start getting Jordan let her talk a little bit more, but real criminal justice reform. And one of the things that me, Antonia, and uh, he's not here tonight, but a guy named Sean Collins, is an attorney, is that what we want to do in the state of Georgia is get a law passed to where if you've been out of prison for nine years, you haven't gotten any trouble, then what we want to do is have law legislation to where your file is after nine years automatically closed. It's sealed from the public because right now in America, convicted felons live as second-class citizens. I don't know if y'all know, we really do. We can't get housing. I don't care how long you've been out of prison. If you're going through a property management company, you can't rent. You can only get certain jobs because of your felony. You can't get certain grants and loans from the, from the federal government and also state. And in some states, you can't even vote no more. But what we want to do is change that. Because right now, our society would benefit a lot more if these individuals had the opportunity to show and prove who they really are instead of being judged every day, regardless of, of where they, what they're trying to do when it comes to lift the standard of their living of their lives. So what I'll do is bring Antonio up for a moment and let her, because once again, she is our business strategist, but that is an underserved title for all the work that she does. So once again, this is Antonio and this is part of our 
our 501 C3 nonprofit, which is called Give Us Freedom. Yeah. Hello, I'm Antonia. Actually, it was a pleasure to come here and see Fran here, who's also a Rotarian of the Alpharetta Club. I'm a Rotarian as well. Thank you so much for having me. But like Corey said, it's very hard to come behind Corey because he gives you the actual raw truth of the story. He's walked that life. He knows what that is. But we're joined together to build a nonprofit organization that's very much geared towards this very issue that we're having in society. It is there to help people who have gone through similar situations as Corey, where they've been incarcerated for crimes that one day they didn't commit. Or perhaps it might be someone who has gone into the system at a very young age and just continually got caught up in the system. However, they have you know, been reformed. They are now on this journey to do something different with their life, to be a positive citizen of, of our community, to contribute to the community. Those are the people that we're looking for. We're looking for them because they are going to be able to come out of the, the system and be able to contribute in some way, shape, or form, no matter which community they end up in. So we're looking for them. We're looking to partner with organizations, to partner with youth groups, to partner with other legal um, organizations, entities, whether that be some judges that we have been talking in talks with and saying, hey, have you seen this is a reoccurring thing? Are you seeing lots of youth who get caught in the system and they just keep going through the system and they never get out? You know, they, they are, are lifetime prisoners, even when they're trying not to be. So our, our role and our mission is to, one, identify these individuals, to help them have a second chance at life, but of course, that's of course with them proving that they want to be positive contributors to society, right? This is not for the individual who wants to be a lifetime um, offender of, of crimes. This is, this is for people who are diligently wanting to have a second chance at life, whether it's buying a house or renting a home, um, having, getting a job, being a, a pastor and being able to, you know, bring other youth together that are negatively impacted by the different circumstances that they face. So Corey and myself and another um, partner that we have who is a litigation attorney, we're working diligently to pull together the 501c3. The long-term goal is for us to pass this bill, which is going to take a lot of, of all of us. It's gonna take a lot of community, it's gonna take a lot of push but we're on a mission to do that, and we're hoping that the more we talk about it, the more we get people um, you know, involved, aware of it, that when you see it come to fruition, you would have said, hey, I've seen that group before, I know what that is, and I know what they're doing in the community, because this is another initiative that myself and Corey are involved in to help the community come together, um, to connect, to understand the more different we that we think we are, we're actually a lot alike. And to move from this place of you know, incarcerating people and not getting them reformed and ready to re-enter society. So, like I said, it's hard to come behind Corey who <laughs> tells the story so well, but that is a, a, a synopsis of the project that we're working on. And hopefully, as time goes on, we'll come back and report to you guys so that you can see what the progress is and perhaps you can get involved in Thank you. Let me now open up to some questions and answers, okay? And uh, once again, I'll just slide. If you wanted to help me immediately, you know, you could help donate, you know, to us. I mean, because it's, it's going to take money.
money in our community. And what we are trying to do is once again just help a, help a group of people that really need to be helped. And like I said, I'll open up to questions and answers. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I've got two, but the first one is what's magic about nine years? Well, the, the Department of Justice did a study. They uh, back in, well, they did two studies. The first one they did what was called a five-year review. And uh, was it just back in 2020, they did a nine-year review. What they did was follow over 500,000 people that were released from prison. And what they did was follow them and just watch their everyday activity patterns. And what they, went, they, went, what they came to find or the conclusion was, after nine years of a person being uh, released from prison or off a probation sentence or parole sentence, then their likelihood of them reoffending is almost second to none. And so it is my, since I'm like, so well, since it's the government numbers, what better way to get the government to change laws than to use their own information they're yep. kicking out? So yeah. our thing is that if this is the standard which all, or the research y'all have done, then after nine years, this, whether man or woman, let them have true freedom. Because once again, if, you're, if you've been convicted of a felony, no matter how long it's been, that's always going to come up. And then we, and especially us in society, then we always say, well, why, we, why these people just can't get it right? They can't get it right because no one let them. It's too many roadblocks and stuff. But if that felony was not present, anytime I wouldn't fill out a job application, I haven't got a job right now. I would own a home. There'd be a lot of different things in my life that I would have accomplished right now if that wasn't there. So this is what we're trying to set up to do, is actually institute that to where you give people a second chance. So the second thing is that uh, you may be aware that when from a background, I'm a licensed private detective, so we used to do a lot of background for uh, pre-employment screening. And in the state of Georgia, it's law that we're not allowed to report anything that we see over five years old, mm -hmm. regardless. Mm -hmm. So if we report that, I can lose my license. So so what, what you're saying is you want to improve upon that so that it can't even be seen. Oh, it can't be seen. Only people have access to that ASB court. Exactly, not seen because I'll give you an example. I have an uncle who lives, I know the law is different, but he lives in Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, he, he got convicted of a felony back in 1975. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, mm -hmm. that felony comes up, right. you know, almost, almost 50 years, 50 right. years ago. And so what we're trying to do is this year, just have it sealed. Because I know they have, in certain states, I think here in Georgia also, they have expungement, but expungement doesn't seal the felony conviction, right? It, it just stops it from being known in certain, certain areas, certain regions. But what we're saying is this here, after nine years, the only person that would know that you've been convicted of a felony is a judge. So don't, if you, you, you want to say, yeah, you've been on top of that level. Any more questions? We open? Right. So I've had the benefit of hearing you know, some of your story, and I still think it's incredibly remarkable. I think one thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, you, know, you, you served 17 years, you went in, Knowing you were innocent, but not knowing you would be proven innocent, therefore, would you ever be released? And I guess the question really is, how do you continue to not be consumed by despair or depression, just to know that you know your life's going to get better, but yet you're surrounded, you know, you're a really you know depressing surrounding. How did you? How did you survive? I mean, how did you you know have that wherewithal to keep going? You know, that a better day was ahead. I was, number one is family. Family support is the, the biggest uh, safety net that you can have when you come home from prison. To personalize a little bit more with myself, it has to make my life has to make sense. Like if, if, if I'll just show you my little spiritual belief. Even though we hear a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, right? 
to me, it all makes sense for our higher scheme. So me going through what I went through in my life, it has to make sense. If not, this life doesn't work living. Just my opinion. God could have did something a lot better than have this mess the way it is down on earth. But I believe that everything I went through, it serves a purpose to help somebody else. And so that is the motivating factor. This is one reason why I get up every day. Uh, also to the addition of my, you know, my daughter, my children. You know, that is a motivating factor. When, you know, you wanna, even though my daughter gets a little older, she might hear some things about her father that may be true or may not true, but at the end of the day, I want her to be able to judge who I am as an individual. And that, you know, I, I did some good in this world. So, and plus it's not bad. Who, who don't wanna wake up and say, I wanna bring some kind of good to this world? It's already bad enough, so, yes. Was that? Yeah, no. Anybody else with questions? Yes, sir. Do you, do you visit the uh, presidents here in Georgia on a regular basis? Not on a regular basis. I would love to. I went to um, one of the detention centers not too long ago over here in DeKalb County, one of the DeKalb County uh, uh, youth detention centers. But on the regular, I would. I just was in conversation with, uh, what is her name? She's a chief, chief, uh, chief judge. Uh, Cassandra, I forgot, I forgot. I think it's Kirk, Cassandra Kirk. But no, I would love to do it more on a regular basis. take this thing global. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, it's just somebody needs to hear it. You know, I, that's my goal. It isn't, you know, really to big myself up. It's just let me take this experience that I have or went through and hopefully <laughs> save some other young person with it. So, no, I would love to. I would love to. Be honored and privileged. I'm invested. No more questions. No questions. Then I want to thank you all for allowing me to speak. And uh, I pray that all y'all have a blessed day on purpose. Thank you. Thank you.